1: welcome back to the weekend ball podcast i'm alex adams live here in jakarta indonesia covering the canadian men's national basketball team at the FIBA world cup canada just came off a very impressive uh win against latvia 101 75 Uh, i'm joined by x.com senior writer and correspondent covering team canada uh scott witter uh hey scott thanks so much for coming on and uh uh, it was really fun uh just uh being around you for the first round uh for people that don't know we uh he, we both follow each other around uh as a media and obviously scott with you know his high profile uh kind of status at x.com it's you know it's a bit intimidating for me so uh thanks so much scott for for coming on
0: thanks uh for anyone who didn't catch that one um we are constantly reminded at the press conference to state your name um and affiliation and alex is the the worst offender of this and yeah, never says his name, who he's representing uh and i usually follow him um with a question and so the warning had ju- usually just goes out targeting alex so i have to sit there and uh they loudly say my name and uh and and my affiliation which is uh uh x.com i guess right just
1: so so people don't who might not know is just uh scott uh obviously got his media credentials and he said twitter journalist that's what he wrote in the uh kind of application and uh fiba accepted paperwork it's on the paperwork it's you know it's just part of uh just your daily job man of covering this team it's it's um, a brave brave new world out there And you've come you've cared and, and just followed the scene for so long. And and we talked about it after um the, the well, I forget which game, but basically the France game. But for you, Scott, what do you make of this game? I know I was texting you at halftime or really in the first quarter, second quarter, being like, uh oh, uh oh. And you were pretty quietly confident that they they'd come back against Latvia. If, um and obviously they they roared back in the second half. And, and just made it a blowout and, and their skill came out um, and Shea was dominant. RJ played well. Kelly Olenek, I thought really kept them in the game. That seems to be a theme when Shea's maybe out of it is that Kelly just continues to get a couple assists, get a couple key, you know, shots in transition or just, you know, um, like threes, ev- everything. And uh, while uh, Shea's maybe a bit quieter, but uh, Scott just, what do you think what 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 are kind of your initial thoughts of this game today
0: um yeah it was great i I loved it it was um this is the game by the way um you know for what i did for this i bought tickets to this before i kind of put in the media request as more on a a whim um and i got that maybe a few weeks before the tournament began i already purchased all my tickets Um, there's no really easy way to resell them. I I didn't know if I wanted to sit with media or enjoy the fan experience. So this was the one game I, I, I think I had front row seats and I was going to throw up the flag and put on the Jersey and, and just kind of go, go wild and crazy. Cause in the, in the media press box, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to show any team affiliation. You're not supposed to cheer. Right. So I go, I gotta get one game where I can go have some fun. Um, so it it was tense. It was, it was, it was good to see them get pushed. Um, I think when you were texting me in the first half, um, from my perspective, where I was Laffy was just going nuts. Like they were, they were playing on full adrenaline. You can just, they were doing everything right. They're hitting every single shot. Their defense was amazing. They were, they were extremely locked in. Um, and I'm like, they can't keep this up. Like th- this is this is going to slow down at some point. Um, you know, we also now, you know, we have this, this um, all NBA player on the team who, you know, has now had like two slow start games against France and Latvia. And I think you and I were talking about this. We're like, is he kind of doing this on purpose? Is, is he trying yeah. to, you know, get, get his teammates going, you know, try to try to find, find other guys, get them moving, you know, figure out the game, knowing that he's got that, that that fifth gear that he can kind of push into if if need be, and he kind of tends to do that in 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 the second half. I don't know. I was going to ask him that in the presser, and I, I I didn't get around to it. But it almost feels that way that like Shay can kind of turn it on when, when he wants, um, but he needs those other guys going. Um, mm. And I don't know if he's, if he's he's trying to push that a little bit too much in 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 the first half, but. Weather the storm, and you know, once once they kind of tied it up at the end of the first half, um, even took a lead, you kind of felt this. We, we knew yeah. what direction this was going, which was pretty much the same way that it went with the game against France.
1: Yeah, that's the the one similarity. Just with this team is maybe I don't want to say slow starts because honestly, they didn't play well in the in the first really maybe fifteen to seventeen minutes of the game, but. Latvia did also play amazing, right? Um, there were there were a couple lapses by the Canadians, but at the same time, Zagar... is, that, is it Zagar's? Is that did I say that right? That the point yeah. guard for Latvia just went ballistic in terms of uh, amazing dishes and, and dimes, amazing shots. Um, they were hitting really tough contested shots from three, and the first maybe five to ten minutes, it felt like they were just making every tough three pointer, and that just it's felt as though as the game pr- prolonged, they just got worse and worse from three and Canada's defense got better. They got more out in transition, especially a little bit at the second half in the, at the end of the second half. Shea got going in transition. RJ got a dunk and then he, he got one at later. At, uh, or I don't know if it was a layup to end the, the first half. Um, yeah. So it once they just got a couple little transition points, um, and buckets it really felt as though their offense came into gear and once yeah. that was the case their defense followed and that and that's been interesting to see is that once the offense seems to get going that their defense follows, or just that they are like golden state in the nba for for so long that they just love third quarters i don't know what it is yeah. but they just love after cool. and i and i wonder what jordy does because i asked him and he gave me a non-answer and said you know uh, I just swore well, at them essentially. But um mm-hmm. take it from the other perspective,
0: right? So so in in the press conference, uh Luca Bonci, the, the the coach of the Latvian team, just straight out said Canada's a really tough team to stay with. Um yeah. they're they're very powerful, very strong, very aggressive, um, very athletic. And they just didn't have the energy to 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 play a whole game against Canada. They gave everything they had in that first half, um, and they're just kind of worn down by by the second half. I think I think they lost that adrenaline rush. They they were they're were a little bit gassed. Um, and he just said the constant um, you know uptake. You have to be going at hundred percent nonstop uh, to stay with the Canadian team. That that's kind of cool to hear, and and mm-hmm. yeah, very obviously complimentary to to the Canadian team. Uh, but that's maybe maybe what's happened with France as well is, is just these teams these teams just kind of run out of gas trying to trying to stay with Canada Canada puts so much pressure on them and and they just can't they just kind of they, they exhaust too much energy
1: what's interesting is I just off that point for me is that I believe they put so much pressure on teams on both ends right you have yeah. Dylan Brooks who puts so much pressure on you hopefully new Dort's back it seems as though um, He's out for precautionary reasons, I believe, with a back injury. Um, but uh, just, right, like even in the fourth quarter when the game went from, okay, it's 10, getting can can the Latvians kind of stay close like they did with France and they came back um, being down 10, 12 points in the fourth quarter. Um, Dylan Brooks had three steals from my count. At least maybe he had two official steals and a deflection, Right. And he was in foul trouble the whole game. And that's just a sign of even when uh you know the shots aren't falling or just like it just how do you get past a guy like Lou Dort? Shea Gilgis Alexander's really good at stripping the ball. They just put a lot of pressure on the ball. Melvin Edgem's a really good defender. Um, I really like the rotations Jordy's been putting out there um without really a trade bell haynes even a cal yeah. alexander he there was a lot of kelly olenek at the five too which i think is really interesting um i think that might be their best lineup in fiba um yeah. because if you think about it, they don't really have short guards they're all they like their wings yeah. are all pretty tall so you can still yeah. have collective rebounding it's more if you play against an interior force like a we were talking about it with the uh, you know, just like a JV or a Jaron Jackson yeah. or, or that type of player. There's not but many
0: though, right? There's no, just, there's, there's not, not
1: many in the tournament. Like even Spain with Willie Hernan Gomez and the Hernan Gomez brothers, Garuba, but those guys aren't mm-hmm. big, tall. They're not they're good players. They're not yeah. just incredible like it's I think about like Embiid or Jokic or those types mm-hmm. of players. Mm-hmm. If if they were in the tournament, oh maybe that would be a real where I don't yeah. really want Olenek guarding those guys, yeah. but um, yeah,
0: if if there's one thing to criticize with the team uh, so far, it's like it, it really is short on rim protection. You kind of feel if anybody gets to the to the, mm-hmm. the hoop, pretty uncontested uh, layup there. You know, I, Kelly did get one block at the at the hoop today, but uh, just kind of get that feeling <laughs> with these guys. That's the only thing that seems to be uh, pretty glaring about what we're yeah. seeing here.
1: And, but you first have to get the ball to the rim. Yeah. Right. And that's, 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 right. that's what they've just been so good at, especially in that second half. And, um, I think the crowd was just phenomenal. I want to talk about them just quickly because the first 10 minutes, it just felt like we had just like we we're just hit by a rocket of just energy or something. It just was ridiculous. Um, they were screaming, yelling, shouting. Um, it was, Um, It felt like a a playoff game, really. Um, I think I think Shay said that or Kelly said that I'm not sure, Um, but they all talked about how it felt like they're on a road, like in a road environment. And they were essentially. And um, they haven't really played that in a couple weeks now. Right. Um, I guess their last one was Spain. Germany felt like a road environment. But um, normally when you get to these international competitions, you're essentially at in a neutral venue. And so maybe that was something that they had to get used to. But um, yeah. the, the the Latvians give them credit. They played phenomenal, as you mentioned, that first yeah. um, half, especially the first maybe 15, 20, uh, 17 minutes. And Zagars, I just – that guy, if he can put it all together, that guy has so much talent, can shoot, pass, um, just uh, – I mean, he's he is undersized, which is probably the, the knock on him and, and just as a defender in the NBA, yeah. but – Man, he is skillful and and was really fun to watch. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, it was. Uh, he he was he was fun to watch, but he um, somebody pointed out to me, you know, he gassed out in that second half. I don't think he scored a point in the second half, right? So, but he, you know, he was a he was a high level prospect. I think I think uh, you know, a few yeah. years ago, and I think he went through some some injury issues. He he played in Spain for a couple of years. Um, you know, didn't do too well. I think I think he was mired with a bunch of injuries, and then you know currently he's playing in a um you know kind of a middling club in in Lithuania which is not that much of a league right so mm-hmm. um there's there's talent there's talent everywhere right some of these guys can can really step up when they need to and um you know he had a really impressive first half all those guys and you, you look at you know think about Latvia too we, we were just talking about um Bertrand's not the best player on that team by far. Like he, oh. you know, he wasn't starting. Um, he's, you know, not that notable today. I, he was one, I was.
1: Did he start? He didn't today? start today. No, it's, he had
0: more time because because has yeah. got into foul yeah. trouble pretty.
1: Yeah, that's what it was. But
0: Definitely. um, yeah, he was he was one. I think one for seven from the field or something like that. And mm-hmm. and you. It's just a
1: bunch play. of open shots.
0: Yeah, he, he's just. He's in the NBA because of his size and he has a, an elite skill set, right? And but as an all round player, um, there's other guys on this team that, that seem seem better than him, right?
1: Yeah, and I don't think he's going to be in the NBA uh, too much longer. He signed, a, I think it was a five-year contract with the Washington Wizards. Um, yeah. I think it was five, but it was about $90 million, I remember that. And it's just an albatross yeah. contract. And if he didn't have that contract, I don't think he'd be in the NBA, right? Um, so him as an NBA player is probably different than any of the NBA players on, on this team right now for Canada. Um, but, uh, what, what do you make of Shea just coming out the way he did in that, that third quarter? Um, I don't know, man, like
0: what we saw, what we saw with him, you, you know, you talk a little bit about the Latvian crowd, you know fired it fired up the Canadian guys as well um you know Shay was getting into it with them. RJ was getting it in getting into it with the crowd they they were yelling and talking back to the crowd so um you know we we kind of kind of joked a little bit with Nikhil at the at the presser of kind of you know what did he tell Shea and the, mm-hmm. the to, to get his ass and and get it in gear but you know these guys talk about it Jordy mentioned it too um you know they 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 go through it and at, at the half and you kind of adjust and 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 come out fired up and um, yeah it's just he does seem to have this kind of you know fifth gear that he can turn on when he needs to and you just felt like he just could find himself clean looks whenever he wants um, and and those those shots are gonna drop right so just a kind of there were some times where I'm just like this guy's a, this guy's a wizard he's he's just a marvel to watch with just the footwork and how he creates space for himself and, and gives them just a kind of clean look over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, no, I just, just, they just to have someone of his quality and um just to have him just basically take over games for Canada really makes me feel as though, and I've said this before um, that they can beat the U S right. Because I don't see anyone on the U S that has that quality that I think Canada can hang with them for 46 minutes and then, in the last two, who do you have? Shea and, and they don't, right? Um, I mean, they have a lot of really talented players, of course. They, some um, they have some really good players, but um, I don't really think anyone of, of that quality. Um, I thought Kelly Olenek really was the player that... I know Shay maybe was the, the guy that put them over the hump in terms of winning the game. I thought if Kelly Olenek doesn't play the way he did in that first quarter, uh, first half, sorry, and even in, in the second half as well, he had a couple big shots and just was, I just felt they, he always ma- he always makes the bucket when you need one. Right. Yeah. That's what I really noticed is there were, I think down, I want to say 12 or nine in, in the uh, second quarter, he makes a big three. Um, he makes another like um, kind of put back. Um, he was just really, really good in this game. Um, especially in when Canada needed it, and it's it's weird because that was really what it felt like in the France game. It, it, those two games, um, albeit without maybe the crowd being the same. Although the crowd in the France game was really uh, great, but more just more neutral. It was just more loud. Yeah. Um, just the fact that Kelly kind of keeps this team in the games, and maybe that's because he's more the leader of this team more than maybe Shea in a lot of ways, in terms of knowing and understanding because he's played so many FIBA games. Hey, we need, we, I need to step up right now and produce a little bit just so we kind of get over the, the hump to um, just get to like Shay and RJ for those guys to maybe find their shooting touch touch, um, which it seems as though at the start of games that they don't really seem to have.
0: Yeah. 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 Probably worth, um, touching on two, um maybe a couple a couple unsung unsung heroes of 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 the day too and we're we're we touched on this a little bit kind of wondering who was going to step into Lou Dort's minutes here um you know it kind of it seems like that went to Phil Scrub yeah um and maybe a little bit more minutes to Melvin Edgem and you know Melvin zero points tonight um didn't take a shot but seven rebounds two of them offensive um you know a couple steals a couple assists three steals a couple assists he just fills in the holes all over the place he, he he's he's working his ass off um he's you don't feel that things are kind of lacking with him out there yeah, he's not that kind of offensive force but you know he can chip in here or there but he's kind of all over loose balls he's you know, he, he's he's the only guy who seems to have a shot at uh, collecting um, missed free throws. Um, he's, he's he's really quick and, and all over those. And then, you know, Phil um, had, a, had a great game as well. Just, you know, did what he needed to do and knocked down open shots and um, you know, look like he was kind of fitting in right out there as well. So it's just kind of good to see those guys uh, step into those roles.
1: No, obviously as a Carlton alum uh, and, and watching Phil scrub for a long time, it's really cool to to see him play. I, I find it interesting that they played him really over Trey Bell Haynes. Um, but I, I do believe that makes more sense just because they're now playing much shorter rotations and they don't really need a guard, a, yeah. a, a point guard when they have a combination of Nikhil Olinick, RJ, Shea on the court at all times. It it doesn't really, they don't need that. And yeah. I mean, I, I, I like Trey, um, but he's, you know, a bit of a, I wouldn't say defensive liability, but he's just not as, he's not the same type of defender that um, yeah. even Phil Scrub is or that um, Melvin Edgem is, who is a very good defender. So yeah. um, it's interesting to see that Jordy's really seems to be priorita- prioritizing defense. And I I do like that because at the end of the day, at this level, Canada should be able to score. And they've definitely shown that they have what it takes. I think they're averaging, what was it? Someone said, I think, 108 a game, which is just remarkable. Considering they didn't, other than Lebanon, they haven't played just any spring chickens. They've they've had tough games, right? Um, So... Uh, it's I really find it interesting just that the fact that Jordy seems to be going away from really what he did in the pre-tournament games, where it was a lot of five-man bench units, and I think that's a marker of a good coach because why is he showing his hand? Why are we not? Why is he not really just going all out now? Um, and you don't want the wear and tear on the guys as well. So, um, I think Jordy Fernandez deserves a a ton of credit for how this team's been playing. Um, because uh, it it it's not it was not an easy job to get all these NBA guys to to buy in to be in the right roles. Um, Nikhil talked about how a lot of the players have kind of dumbed down their roles compared to the NBA on this team, and I thought that was a really apt comment by him. Just because it does seem as though everyone's really bought in.
0: It seems it seems yeah it's, he's definitely moved to Nikhil as the back as kind of the backup ball handler if Shea's ever at the floor right so they're, they're they're out there together for for a bunch of stretches but when Shea needs to take a break um, so he played Shay played thirty one minutes thirty three seconds uh, today um, so it's kind of kind of Nikhil's hands after that and Nikhil actually led the team in minutes today um, 30, 31 minutes 40, 41 seconds so that, yeah, that a was over. a good game.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, Nikhil, I I think he had his ups and downs today. He had a lot of turnovers where he just kind of lost the ball and the scrum and and just in uh, kind yeah. of, Um, but overall, I thought he's been really good. He's what I what he brings that Brooks doesn't is he he wasn't great defensively today, I would say, but he has he's a, he's a much, he's a better shooter. But he can also shoot off the dribble a little bit and create a little bit of shots. And when um, I thought in the first quarter they were going a bit too much to Brooks ISO, and he made one nice pass to RJ for an open three, but they were kind of the, the offense was really slowing down with him because he isn't a great connector, and, and Nikhil's much more of that and a creator. So, um, I thought Nikhil would played really, really well. Um, this team really feels pretty formidable. Like, I like Scott, you've been. like caring about this team for so long and, and so invested like what does it feel like now um i'm sure you felt that after the france game but now where it's like man this could this team win the gold medal yeah
0: i don't know it's weird it's weird being kind of up there amongst the favorites um it's weird seeing a a coach of an opposing team complaining that of complaining of favoritism from the refs because of their their nba players and they're they're looking at the names on their backs and not refing the game. So yeah. um, that seems weird. Uh, I could never imagine um, USA refs giving us favoritism or getting favoritism from any refs out there. So um, that feels different. Uh, but it just does feel, it, it just feels like, you know, any game we should be in. Um, there's, there's enough weapons here. Um, you know, there's, there's a superstar player here. Um, that you can rely on, uh, who seems to show up, you know, every single game at this point, uh, maybe it's only in the second half, but he, he's, showing up every game. Um, and it, it does feel different at this point. Uh, we still got a long way to go. Um, maybe we want to touch on kind of where we're at and what's the next step and how do things look, uh, in other pools and, and, um, touch yeah. on a few things like that.
1: Yeah, so obviously Canada won the group, um but that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, I know we've talked about it on all my podcasts, but I'll just reiterate it uh, quickly that Canada now is in group I believe it's called is it L or I? I forget what the, na- the 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 um the the letter is, but they're in the second round. I think it's L. It's L. Yeah. Yeah. And they are yeah. going to be playing almost for, assuredly they will be playing the Spanish. As well, probably Brazil. Um, the winner of them That's undecided
0: Brazil. yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: the, the winner of Cote d'Ivoire versus Brazil uh tomorrow will make it to the second round. And then obviously Latvia because of how they beat because they beat the French, the French are out, and the Latvians are in this uh second round. So um basically the goal for Canada is to to make the quarters out of this second round. And Canada will play the top two teams in, in group G, that is Spain and the winner of Cote d'Ivoire and Brazil um and basically they the way it works is it's not just how Canada did against the three teams that, that are remaining it's their total um wins and losses so it's essentially uh their kind of how they did in the five games right and so if there is a tie break it goes to firstly so let's say Canada loses to Brazil and beats Spain right uh Canada and Spain will both be four and one. Um, and uh the tiebreaker would be whoever won the game. But let's say the same thing happened, but Brazil um wins both their games versus Latvia. Uh Spain beats Latvia as well, and Canada is four and one, Brazil's four and one, Spain's four and one, then um it will go to to point differential. And 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 I actually checked this out with Blake Murphy. He said it's it's just total point differential it's not actually between the teams um okay. so because canada has blown out everyone um they're in such a prime position right now to make the uh second round essentially if they win one of the two games in the second round they're making it to to the quarters um because of their point differential the problem is is that you still probably don't want to play germany who probably will we'll see what happens in the second round but is most likely to be the number 1 seed friends wagner from not my reporting but what i've heard from other journalists seems as though he's out until the quarters but that germany team beat australia without him australia's a really good team they they won bronze at the olympics came fourth last time at the fifa world cup um so this team's really in it to to try to win every game they their mantra is that they have uh they have to win, they have eight game sevens, I think is what Jordi Fernandez said, uh, meaning that they have to win eight games in a row to to win the tournament. Um, and they treat each game as a game seven. So um the goal obviously is to to beat Brazil and and or Brazil or Cote d'Ivoire and, and Spain, and then make it as the number one seed in this little group. Um, and if they were to make essentially if they were to lose both games, they they'd probably be out and then um, it, it would be unlikely that they'd make the Olympics and you can maybe touch upon the Olympic stuff with, uh, if you want.
0: Yeah, that's, that's still um, nothing settled there. Um, you know, we still have a, a, a lot of competition with um, Dominican Republic winning, uh, going three and O in their pool. So, so they're advancing to the second round, um, probably Brazil, right? Uh, at least Brazil, it comes into our pool. So we have some, uh, control over that destiny, which is nice to have. I think the big thing, I'd love to have some control over <laughs> Dominican Republic, to be honest, but mm-hmm. uh, we don't. And, and, you know, they can kind of uh, slide on through based on a, a bit of an easier draw. Um, and there's also a solid chance uh, Puerto Rico, who is um, sitting at one and one right now, could uh, end up mo- moving forward as well. Um, Puerto Rico would end up in the same pool as, uh, Dominican Republic. Um, so there, there's kind of a little bit of a negation there. Um, they'll be with, uh, Serbia and most likely, and, and Italy, um, not most likely, definitely Italy. Um, and, and then of course you have the United States as, as well. So there's still, still a lot. There's still five of America's teams, uh, alive fighting for, for two positions, um you know this uh, we're gonna have to advance to the quarterfinals i think i think dominican republic has a really good shot at getting to the quarterfinals um and then we'll we'll see what happens from there we just got to keep advancing and keep advancing
1: yeah um i believe that the dominican will make the quarters and same with canada and <laughs> i know before when we did our preview i said if canada makes the quarters then um that's the way they'll make the Olympics. I will change that to they'll make the quarters and probably have to win that or if uh, they lose. And I'd imagine the Dominican probably don't make it deeper than the quarters. But if they are to beat Serbia, there's a decent chance they play Lithuania or Montenegro, um, which I think would be a very much of a toss-up just to make the semis, which would just be a killer draw for Canada. Um, who i believe i i uh think definitely has a really tough quarterfinal no matter what but you could argue will be favored in both just the way they've been playing um but if the dominican does lose to serbia in the next round um they would probably have to play the united states in the quarterfinals and that i feel pretty confident about um especially the way the uh, dominicans have been really eking out these wins they've they've won Um, they won all three games by, I believe their point differentials was like 15. Oh no, it might've been more close to 18 or 19, but just not 19. So not big margin of error. That's basically six points a game. Give or yeah. Give or take um, margin of victory. So uh, this team is maybe not as strong as, as the team's Canada is playing against, but their draw is much easier. Um, so we have to be mindful of that and every time you see the dominican in my opinion that's the only real team that can challenge canada um and uh if 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 you're watching them those games just cheer against them and and as much as i don't like cat right now uh you shouldn't either (laughs)
0: yeah exactly this is a good way to put it um nice Anything else? I know you kind of throw out there on Twitter for any if, if there's any questions out there. Did you? Yeah, I know. I'll I'll get to um, a couple. I, so the, I, the know I got one,
1: but okay, go 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 with yours.
0: Um, had somebody ask? Of I know some people are always fixed on on kind of ranking points, and mm-hmm. um, do we get? Will we go up in the rankings? Uh, here. Um. You know, yes, clearly, um, the World Cup is uh, the highest weighted tournament, even more, more so than the Olympics. Yeah, more than Olympics. I think uh, just to give some reference, uh, Afiba America's game has a 0. 0.8 weighting, so 80%. Olympics is, has, a, has a 2x weighting, and the World Cup has a 2.5 weighting. Um, so every game here gives kind of added points um every stage as we advance on the stage they get higher and higher weighted so so wins in the second round and in the playoffs um help a lot big blowout wins here you get extra points for beating teams by 10 or 20 or or 30 points so there will be a, there will be a solid jump just from what canada has done so far but we're far from being finished here and and let's keep pushing um that I don't think that's the biggest concern at this moment, but yes,
1: yeah, no, we were actually talking about it um a little bit because I asked you just well how high like how high could they maybe get and and what the implications would be and basically they're right now they're fifteenth in the world until you get to basic to eighth in the world there's not a huge difference um but at the same time the closer you are to eighth because it isn't is it a seven year is it every seven years or eight years? It is.
0: It's 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 um it's a it's a time scale waiting, but the, those kind of once you get into that, I think it drops off at year eight. Um, but well, your year six and seven own you so, have a pretty, pretty small waiting.
1: Yeah. So the, the 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 point of it is just that the the better you do, that the more weight you have going forward, right? Um, uh, compared to to when Canada yeah. it was like missing the Olympics and not doing well at the FIBA World Cup. So um obviously over time it actually should improve Canada's ranking uh if Canada continues to bring NBA talent and uh do decently well in these tournaments or or goes to the Olympics as well. So um I I wouldn't be too too worried about it. And if Canada is to to go deep and maybe make the semis or finals, there's a decent chance they'll be top ten in the world. Um and uh uh we'll 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 definitely enjoy much better draws where Witt and I don't worry about Australia and Lithuania or Latvia and France and it's or hopefully uh we get a bit more of a break than than Canada has just because they haven't done well on the international stage and truthfully they didn't deserve to be um like one of the higher ranked teams.
0: Yeah. And 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 people people need to understand too that this tougher pool we're in is not necessarily because of our ranking. Um, mm-hmm. We're um, better ranked than Dominican Republic and uh, Puerto Rico and teams like that. It's a lot of this had to do with, um, you know, the Philippines requesting the United States and the Philippines getting a, a, a one seed and Canada being requested by Indonesia. And it just kind of you know got things a little bit won- wonky and uh, kind of balanced uh, the deck against us a little bit.
1: Yeah no exactly. Um I'll I'll go to the, the our next uh, listener question. Uh I think this uh, we'll have this one and then one more and then we'll probably wrap it up as just for people that don't know Scott is uh going back home because x.com needs him. So uh we we'll just go to this question. Um what, what was there anything about this game that made you guys n- more nervous about Canada's chances in the next game uh next rounds or or was it what you expected.
0: You want to answer that one first? I'd... Sure. I,
1: I, I honestly, if Canada had won that game or lost that game, the way it was headed, maybe the first 15, 17 minutes. Yeah. I'd feel very different, but if anything, I feel more confident that they just per- t- turned on the afterburners and figured it out. And that's one thing this team's really done. Well, I think is that, Sure, you can be more talented than the other team or play better when you're playing your best basketball, you're way better than everyone else. But it's how how do you play when, you know, everything's going wrong and you have that level of adversity, right? And your back's against the wall. And I thought that first 15 minutes was the biggest gut punch they've had maybe since the Germany game their first Germany game and uh, they really figured it out and um, their, their talent and cream, uh, as you say, cream rose to the top. And um, I'm not, I'm not, I won't glean too much from it. I, for me, the the next step or the next game that I think you can really get a lot out of is how they do against Spain. If they are to beat Spain in a very commanding fashion, uh, I really, I believe they're, gold medal contenders if, if that's the case
0: yeah yeah for me you know I, I kind of echo your comments but if if we're looking for we're looking for holes you know there's two things to me um one is the health of Ludort. like I I don't know if I was expecting him to be out this game as well um mm-hmm. so that's a concern um you know we were a little bit short on on depth to begin with and and he he brings um. Something serious to the table, so it'd be uh, nice to get him back um, as, as soon as possible. Um, and, and frankly, I'm still just kind of a little n- nervous. Um, are we going to run into some teams that that kind of can brutalize our our lack of front court depth? Right. Mm-hmm. So, in a game like this, you know, really, Kyle Alexander and 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 Zach got no run whatsoever um, until some garbage time minutes at the end. Um, so there was a lot of time they were running either Kelly or Dwight as as the, kind of the sole big out there. Um, you know, I'm not super confident in in Dwight and what he kind of brings to the table is very different from what Kelly does. So I'm kind of going like, man, if we ever if Kelly ever gets in serious foul trouble, you know that that could be a, a real problem. Um, you kind of see how he's such a linchpin out there. Um, and just kind of keeps everything moving. And like I said, like you pointed out, it's just, um, he's, he's such a nice release valve when, when things aren't going well, he seems to, he seems to kind of find a way and, and, and get, get something going. So I'm still a little nervous if, if we run into kind of a, uh, you know, a real true big or two that, that kind of smashes around a little bit and, um, how we're going to react to that.
1: Yeah. Um, the the thing is, is that there's not a lot of those big guys in this tournament, right? Right. Um, I I, I off the top of my head, there's Jonas Valanciunas. I believe he'd be a, a really bad matchup for Canada. Now, maybe yeah. Canada would take advantage of him on on the perimeter and then just as maybe yeah. lack of mobility as a defender. But just in terms of how does Dwight Powell defend him? How does Kelly Olynyk defend him? I it'd be really tough, especially in a Phoebus setting. Um. But the what we already mentioned is there's not a lot of dominant centers or even guys that are just going to get your 20 and 15 and put a lot of pressure on your um, defense to, to be good at like rim protection and just post-defense and interior defense. And um, because there's not that many of those guys, like even the U.S., right? Like Jaron Jackson is not yeah. really a scorer inside. I mean, he can, but that's not really his War play. Um
0: right? Or or for, I think the I think the Germans still make me nervous as kind of a collective.
1: Um maybe that's that's kind big. of one that's thinking in the back I, of my I, head. I, I talked to Vivek and I've talked to you about it. They're they're my biggest fear because they have they have a lot of size, they have a lot of length, they can defend, they can shoot. Um they have Schroeder who can get downhill who um, sure. If you think uh, Zagars is a problem, uh, Dennis Schroeder is a bit, even more of a problem in terms of just getting to where he wants to go, uh, especially in FIBA, the way he's been playing. So uh, that's my biggest worry. I, for me, the the Germans really match up well against the Canadians. That, that is, I think uh, Canada got lucky to win that second game. Schroeder fouled out and they were down like, maybe six, seven points. And it really turned the tide of the game. So, um, if you're a Canadian fan, you probably cheer for Germany in a way if Canada is to to beat Spain. But that that that's the one worry is just because that team doesn't necessarily have a big that dominates, but they have Tice, they have Wagner, they have Bonga, they have uh, uh, Franz Wagner, who's tall and, and yeah. athletic. Um, they just are really a kryptonite for for Canada, and I just think are one of the best teams, if not. Outside the U.S. and Canada, maybe the best team in this tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Um, so I this is a fun question for Wit uh, and I because it's it's more about just how we've interacted with players and um, their demeanors and personalities. Wit, so the question is: You guys have gone to talk to, to and and interact with with players uh, so much. They said or a lot. Talk about their demeanor and personalities. Are are they people? Who kind of assume like are are they the way you assume they'd be or, or have you seen a bit of a different side?
0: Yeah, it's I I don't I don't know. So you, you see some things um, like obviously obviously we got some tape on on Dylan kind of goofing around and and having fun and and you kind of think that and then you know the very next day he seemed very like closed down and and didn't didn't really want to engage didn't, want to, talk us to us okay. didn't yeah. want to talk to us um so maybe that's what you expect out of somebody like dylan just a little bit more up and down day by day um you know where somebody like dwight powell's kind of um upbeat articulate professional just kind of you know the, the, what you would expect from somebody like him but I don't think there's any like piercing of the veil here. I think these guys are all professional. They're, they're used to the media. I think we live in a world where these guys don't really want to put down their guard because, because, you know, something can go viral really quick. Everyone's got cameras in their face. Everyone's got phones in their face, mics in their face. So I just feel that, that they are careful um, and, and kind of have a guard up all the time, you know, with us and maybe see them joking around when, when they're together and stuff like that. But um, I don't know if I had, you know, preconceived expectations with them, but um certainly they're not, you know, all all chummy chummy with the with the media and and kind of wide open. It can be re- can be really day to day with these guys, but I think I'd be the same if I was if I was in their position, right?
1: Yeah. Um well, I, I'm I'm I think I I can tell just the rhythms of the game more so so on a game day they're way more serious right than on an off day they're a bit for example Dylan Brooks yesterday was asking questions to Shea during his press availability and then today was just not giving us an answer I don't I'm not saying he was rude to us but he just did not seem like he wanted to be there which is fair enough but uh, just the contrast between that and and yesterday was very stark to me Um, and I don't know about you um, oh yeah. We and, talked about it. And so it's as well, I'd say a little nugget is that the NBA players tend to be much, or at least maybe the Canadian NBA players tend to be much more guarded than the Europeans. Right. Yeah. Um, or, or players just not playing in the NBA. Um, for example, yeah. I talked to Bruno Caboclo. Um, hopefully that podcast comes out in the next day or two. Um and he was very open. He was very, I mean, it's obviously, there's a bit of a language difference. Um, he speaks English, but it's not as natural to him. But yeah. he he just seemed very warm and welcome and sincere and wasn't trying to say a political or like a, um, just a, he, 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 it felt very sincere and not media trained, right?
0: Yeah, that, um, that, that's what I was going to point out. These guys just seem really media trained.
1: Yeah, um, uh, I've, I've had guys and I'm not going to call anyone out, but I've had where I, I ask a question and they basically answer it before I finished it with the, all the cliches. And um, you understand why they do it. Uh, and uh, there is there is gotcha journalism. I, I don't think anyone yeah. here is doing that. Um, and also just what the way social media as it goes out, it's out of context or. Yeah, Maybe they're just having a bad day and, and it looks bad, and it's not necessarily an indictment on who they are or, or anything otherwise. So, um, it's been really interesting. I that's what I, I take away is as much as it is, oh, are they different? Are they the same as you expected them on TV? For me, it's more just, wow, okay, this is what they're like. They're a bit more serious, they're a bit more guarded, the NBA guys, and then some guys. We talked to Davis Bertons and he was amazing, eh? Um, yeah. He was just phenomenal, gave great insight, talked about his brother playing in Europe, and um, yeah. there was this big brawl, and his thoughts yeah. on the 12-man roster, and it yeah. was all in English. It wasn't in a secondary language. Yeah. It sometimes is, uh the way players feel more comfortable. Yeah.
0: Laughing, having a good time with the reporters, um, just, see, just much, the more, Latvian reporters, much more engaging.
1: With the Latvian players and reporters, they're just all dapping each other up. They clearly have had these long-standing relationships. And truthfully with us, obviously, I don't have any relationships with the players. Um, I'm trying to build some and we'll see. Arash does a little bit. But even then, they're not maybe as close as, for example, an NBA team and NBA writers where you're seeing the guys week, week in and day in and day out. Right. With us, um, there's a bit less of that. And because just the way the media is in this country and the team, there's not a set of media that covers the team consistently like in Latvia or France. So um, that's also makes it harder for them to like, I like, I I don't behoove or blame any player for being like, well, this guy, why am I talking to him? Or why would I give him anything? Because they don't know me. Right. Yeah. Um, Right. To me, I'm just some white tall guy like who's at the press conferences right um and me and you scott just the, the two tall guys yeah. um, and the other, the other guy in a beard with a stupid shirt right yeah, exactly well an yeah, interesting got... shirt for them but uh yeah it's it just it's just very different and it's it's been awesome and um is there one thing that maybe you um, a moment for you that you will probably remember from this tournament as this is your last day here in jakarta
0: um No, I think, I think, you know, in retrospect, um, my first day, I just kind of like rolled in when we talk about stupid shirts. Um, That one um, Dylan Brooks uh, villain shirt. Looking back at it now, it kind of pierced that veil that we're just talking about here, right? Mm -hmm. These guys have a little bit of a guard up and this kind of stone face. And it got, Dwight laughing and smiling and grabbing Lou and pointing it out it it, um you know Dylan's Dylan saw it recognized it and you know a nice shirt buddy and kind of slaps my chest and um and you know in the presser you know Shay looks over and just starts cracking a smile as soon as as soon as he recognized it and got distracted when he was when he was being
1: asked the question so did you notice at the time
0: I was just sorry go ahead
1: no, uh, I was just gonna say, did you notice that he, he cracked a smile when he said x.com today? Did you notice that? <laughs> he did, yeah, know. he 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 kind of winced and, and laughed a little bit. Not maybe as much as those two times, but he did. So yeah. uh he kind of um
0: well the point on that, like like I said, that was first day I rolled in doing a few dumb things like that, but you know at the next couple of days you didn't really see any of that right these guys are just kind of like like i said stone-faced and 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 you know uh, focused or or just they have their wall up or or, or whatever so it's kind of cool just to kind of be able to do that and see that um yeah that's probably probably what, or the other one was when we were um we had Shay after one of the practices and uh dylan kind of just you know casually Mosey's in and pretends he's a reporter and starts cracking jokes and stuff like that. So it's 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 just good to see him kind of um you know laughing and joking around having fun.
1: Yeah, I know for sure and I mean for me it's been surreal um less with the Canadian players but just my two experiences with um like the more one-on-one type stuff which is I I personally just in my own journalism podcast I really love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, And just to have a sit down with Sergio Scariolo, who's like, like, I think about how I'm not nearly an X's and O's person compared to you, compared to Jonathan Chen, to Blake Murphy, to all those other guys. And I have a sit down with like the guy who's like one of the, I don't know what, 10 or 15 smartest basketball minds, one of the, like, maybe the smartest, like European basketball mind right now. And yeah. to have 30 minutes of his time and pick his brain and this um, is just I'm always going to remember that. And he was really nice. And um, so those are the, the things that I'm going to really remember and, and hopefully a couple more things. Um, I also notice how Jordy is very guarded as well. Um, yeah. and, and rightfully so. I understand it. Um, he has a really good thing going and doesn't want anything to to ruin it. But that's one thing I've noticed. And and maybe they take it from their coach as well, right? Um he he'll he'll find little times where he'll joke. He made a weird Alanis Moore set uh reference yeah, that today. That was a I weird did, one. I did not understand it. I don't know her as well, even though she's an Ottawa uh girl where I'm from. But um uh he will throw in jokes, um, but then he'll also be very stern and very uh, just very serious. So it's again, um, but it's also people like, are you always happy and, and jokey or like joking around every day? Um, there's very few of us that are like that, or are you always sad and mulling and just uh, somber? No, it's, you know, some days you're more of this and that. So uh, you have to give a a break to the, the guys. And, uh, Well, Scott, um, I think I think we're gonna wrap this up, and uh, I, I'm really sad because this is my my last day with you, and uh, it was great having the whole tournament together, um, at least so far. And that France game with you in the press conference, I'll always remember with the the shirt and just that whole feeling of just oh my god, oh my god, we just won this incredible game, and. Uh, yeah. So thanks so much for doing this, because if people don't know, I'll, I'll give a little tidbit because Scott's actually the reason why I'm here. Um, uh, be, not because he put a gun to my head to, to come with him, but because uh, about when the I think it was when the squad was announced, right? Or the, the, the 14 yeah. or 15 yeah, or whatever. Uh, Scott posts on Twitter and we've exchanged for a long time now on Twitter or X. Uh, sorry, I didn't want to piss off Is your bosses. Right? Don't want to piss off your bosses, but uh, he he just said, oh, it's it's not too bad to get to Jakarta money wise, obviously expensive, but not as bad as you would think. And I said, well, oh, man, I he knows I love the ba- Canadian men's basketball team program. I, oh, man, I'd love to do it. And he said, well, hey, why don't you just apply to media? Um, and, you know, Mike Bartlett, you reached out on my behalf. Um, long story short is uh, nothing really came from mike bartlett although he's great and he's been really cool to interact with just both of us here in in jakarta but um has been has been yeah and uh and but uh fiba said yes to me and um within maybe a week or two i think it was about two weeks after you suggested it or maybe closer to 10 days anyways they said yes And that's why I'm here. And so I am forever grateful to you, Scott. Uh, You've changed my life, even though you didn't mean to, um, you have. And so I am always uh, forever thankful. And uh, I'm really happy just for you that this program and, you know, obviously fingers crossed is is finally turning the the direction that me, you and so many others have have wanted to for a long time. And um, we'll, we'll see how far they go. I don't think that this is their last win of the world cup, but um, hopefully, uh, this is three out of the eight that Jordy Fernandez keeps uh, talking about, but, uh, thanks so much, Scott, for this. And I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate the kind words. And there's a lesson out there for all our little kid listeners. Um, I try to tell my, my, my daughters this sometimes, um, listen, if, if you're not going to ask for something, you'll never get it. What's, um, what's the worst that can happen? They say no. Right. Yeah. So you asked, I asked and you know we both got the media passes and and everything that kind of came with it so it's been kind of an adventure of a lifetime i've had a great time here with you um awesome getting to know you better and wish i could stay a little bit longer but i sure. but i do have a a job and a family to get back to and um it's, it's back to watching these games on tv for
1: me yeah for sure and maybe maybe uh, get you out to paris maybe you can convince uh, your wife to it's it's not a bad uh, place to 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 go um, and just to to add on Scott's point, I, I completely agree. And um, I don't want to say that I'm like this big wig, but people ask me sometimes just what, how do you do it? And I say, well, I always send emails to everyone, every journalist player. Like if I want to, if I think, oh, I want to have them on my show when behind the play, I always do it. Or I just want to get to know someone and I DM them or say, hi, nice to meet you. Um, obviously now with, with this and, and applying, I've always just done it and I've got more no's than I've got yeses, but, um, the, I've got a lot of yeses as well. Right. And the more yeses you get, the more times you put yourself out there and, and you get one yes, it's almost, um, it, it tends to build off each, um, itself. Sorry. Um, it's almost like laying the bricks down. Once you get one, you can do the second, third, et cetera. Um, and then you have a foundation. So, um, if you're anyone out there, whether it be in journalism or whatever the case may be, um, just try. And if you don't succeed, you know, you'll have no regrets. But you will never know if you could have done it or had that opportunity if you didn't try. So um, I think that's a, a lesson anyone can learn. And also just that you need to follow Scott Witter on Twitter and and re- reply to all his uh, posts because that's what helped me right. in this case. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. one more
0: cliche to end to end this you know? <laughs> it's always better to regret the things you did than regret the things you never tried
1: there you go right? there you go thanks so much scott and um have a safe flight back and hopefully by the time you get to la uh canada's through to the officially through to the quarterfinals in some form and, and manner
0: yeah buddy all right peace out